0: is the year. This is the year of getting it together and doing what you do best, hustling, taking care of business and taking care of your community. Join us for JMT Media's podcast, where we interview everyone from the community to small businesses to elected officials who are changing policy that matters for our community. Good morning. It is a calm, peaceful morning. Uh, it is Wednesday, June 3rd. I'm Jacqueline Tacarante and I own JMT Media. And welcome to another segment of Community Corner. I'm actually sitting in my backyard. Um, thank you to Sweetbrook Landscaping and Nursery. A few months back, they helped me with my sort of green thumb, Uh, one of my dear friends, Dana, special shout out to her and her You Grow Girl and uh, nursery page on Facebook really has inspired me to spend a lot more time outdoors, um, reflecting, really listening to what my grandfather used to say, listening to the piece. So this morning I had a, a call with my staff and they said, oh, you look like Snow White. I'm like, well, further from Snow White, but I'm loving the birds chirping. Um, and I'm blessed to have an environment to present a platform for my fellow colleagues. Um, You know, Community Corner, we started this actually two days before the city officially shut down. Um, Back on March 14th, uh, we hosted our very first Community Corner segment with Dr. Jacob Glanville. He was featured on Netflix's Pandemic, along with... um, Mike Bloomfield from Techie Geek and a former financial analyst, uh, Ryan Ledgates. And the purpose for the Community Corner is really to bring the community from small businesses to nonprofits to have an opportunity to speak about their challenges, what they're facing during this pandemic. Um, And I don't wanna gloss over what has been happening because as a minority women business owner, it's important that we address it. And so I'm gonna do what I do best, which is not only staying true to myself, but continuously providing a platform. Um, I couldn't host a show on Monday. It just, it wasn't appropriate. And so I needed some time to reflect and and figure out how can I continuously help even further and so I'm proud today that um, we have a couple of our friends. We've, we've scheduled them weeks in advance just because everybody's busy with business and things happening. So um, this morning, I wanted to bring on one of my dear friends. Oh, we have Adriana Abadi. Good morning, love. Um, I want to read a little bit about what this amazing young lady, and I call her young because, and you'll, you'll see why. So first I hope everyone has a cup of coffee. Um, I have my pitcher out here, yes, because you know, I have a four-month-old, so let's just be honest, I need coffee all day. Um, So I want to introduce our first guest, uh, Sarah Blass. She's a Staten Island resident, mother of six beautiful children. You would never guess. She looks fabulous. Um, She's a fierce community advocate and public speaker. She has over 10 years experience in the nonprofit world, which makes her an expert, but we'll talk about that later and several years in the private sector in branding and communication. Sarah is the founder of the Staten Island Therapeutic Gardens, hence why we're talking today, um, and a core member of the Staten Island Women Who March. During the day, she worked for the Child Wellness Initiative at the Staten Island Partnership for Community Wellness, um, spearheaded by the amazing Adriana Bati, whose overarching goal is to reduce the burden of chronic disease among Staten Island children and all children and diverse children. We'll talk about that too. In her spare time, she can be found advocating for food justice, registering voters, which is true, honey. Uh, voting is very important. Uh, facilitating workshops and creating intergenerational therapeutic art programming to destigmatize mental health and communities of color. And this is a, a quote that she sent, and I think it's very appropriate about uh, black what Black history means to her. I have the courage to disagree, the platform to speak, and the education to amplify and the faith that the systemic oppression of black and brown people will be completely dismantled because, and only because of black leaders who have paved the way long before my birth. I totally agree with you. So uh, without further ado, Sarah, bless. are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. Oh my gosh. Well, first, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're a busy, busy woman. And that's why it's taken us weeks to get you on this. <laughs> but it's thank exactly- you for having me. Yeah, it's actually really appropriate this week. So um, again, thank you because you have six counted people, six children. And you look fabulous, honey. So
1: cheers to oh, you. thank you. Thanks so much. You caught me on a good day. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> so... Um, well, first we have to say a special shout out. Good morning. We got a couple of comments coming through it. Keep the comments coming y'all and share it again. That's the whole point of the community corner is to showcase what's happening in our community. We have Adrian Abate, um, executive director for the Staten Island Partnership for Community Wellness. Good morning, Adrian. We hope you have your coffee. My cup of ambition, y'all. Working nine, mm. ten, five. Um, So, Sarah, talk to the folks at home a little bit about, you know, you do a lot in the community. Talk to folks specifically about the therapeutic gardens and just something. Sure. More- What's, what's your daily life like, honey?
1: <laughs> well, it, it's quite interesting. Um, but what I will say is that with the Therapeutic Garden, we, we founded Richmond Terrace Therapeutic Garden in 2018. Um, and now we are transitioning into Staten Island Therapeutic Garden so we can replicate all of the amazing work that we've done here across Staten Island. Um, and I'm, I'm just so excited. Uh, so I'll just tell you a little bit about what really inspired me to get this this work off the ground, all pun intended. Um, so I actually live um, at a NYCHA facility on Richmond Terrace and looking out my window, um, the front yard, it was really unsafe. There was drug paraphernalia. There were there was trash. I mean, it, you you get the gist of it. Um, And and it's a simple premise that every child should have a safe front yard to play in. Um, And so we had very, very humble beginnings when when I first started. Um, I tell the story all the time that I had no garden supplies and I had a kitchen spoon and some seed packages from the 99 cent store. And within a year's time, we were able to um, get about. I'm not looking at the exact numbers, um, $100,000 in in-kind donations and over 15 community partners, um, and really round up volunteers and programming, which includes Tai Chi and therapeutic art classes and yoga, gardening classes, and really transform a space into a community hub.
0: That's awesome. You know, uh, shout out to the Dollar Tree and Dollar Store. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was... <laughs> I was raised like going, I remember my grandfather, God bless him, he passed away. Um, He would tell me all the time, do you want to go to the mall? And I was like, ooh, he's like, you could pick anything. So I'm thinking, ooh, fancy. And it would be the Dollar Tree. It wasn't until I got older that I was like, oh, we're at the Dollar Store. Okay. So I have (laughs) have fond memories, but um, shout out to the Dollar Tree because they have tons of seed packets, tons of stuff. Um, That's right. Dana from You Grow Girl has has mentioned that, you know, if you're a first time gardener, that the Dollar Tree has all the um, items that you'll need. And, you know, certainly at an affordable price. Um, I wanted to show. Oh, look, there she is. Our girl, Dana Walker Boyd. Good morning. Good morning, Dana. <laughs> Hashtag morning. You Grow Girl. You grow, girl. <laughs> we love her. Um, she was on the show about a week and a half ago. Um, we were talking about how gardening is extremely therapeutic. Um, what are some projects that you're working on in the the next couple of months? I mean, with the COVID crisis, I'm sure that's put a, a pause on a
1: lot of partnerships. You know, it. I I wouldn't say that. I would actually say that. It's, it's really highlighted some of the health disparities that you find in, in the communities that I advocate for. Um, and, and we've formed even more partnerships. People are, are really paying attention even more so than they were before. Um, we do have online programming. So we have um, virtual yoga twice a week. We have therapeutic art classes every Tuesday and all the programming is intergenerational. Um, it's really family oriented. Um, again, I just want to want to say that our therapeutic art classes, it's a bridge to really understanding why mental health interventions are so important to destigmatize what that looks like. And a really, people really need a space to just be able to process so many of the feelings and the emotions um, and using art and gardening as a medium for that is really a beautiful, beautiful way to do that.
0: You know, I can't wait, especially with everything that's going on these, this past week and a half. Um, certainly for the folks that are back home, we'll do a recap. So you can have all the information because I think, uh, more so now than ever, uh, any form of therapy, um, mental health issue is a priority. So it's not something to, to be glossed over. Um, I want to show some folks, um, just a few of the photos that we were able to retrieve from you, because I think, uh this speaks volumes about your partnerships. So talk to us about this, this particular photo and um, this wonderful police officer.
1: So that's actually our um, community officer, Mary Giuseppe. She is so wonderful and such an integral part of our community. She has worked so hard to build relationships with all of the community members, um, and, and I really love this story. Um, she came and, and donated this plant that you see that's still there sitting in the front yard. Um, and when she first walked into the garden, so many of the residents were very apprehensive and they're like, what's she doing here? Did you do something wrong? Like, and I'm like, no, she's here to garden with us. They were like, what? Um, and and the, they have so many programs where they really work with the community. So being able to amplify that and highlight that and destigmatize what a relationship with your community officer can can look like. Um, I was so happy to be a part of that. And it really spearheaded a lot of events that we had. We had an ice cream social with the NYPD and all kinds of different gardening events. <laughs> I think yeah. this
0: invitation, I want ice cream. <laughs> 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 next time, next time I'm on a t- <laughs> next time. I'm on a 21-day challenge with uh, Arizona CrossFit, another small business, uh, you know, doing what we do best. We got a couple of uh, comments coming through. Ah, Yesenia! Yes, honey. Two of my best people. Love her. Executive Director over at La Comena, um, supporting, of course, communities of color, um, and always being a huge advocate behind closed doors. So, I'm I'm looking forward to some of the stuff that she's going to come out with. We also have have, oh, look at this! Stephanie Ward, looking forward to this conversation, absolutely, honey. Um, Marcy Carr, shout out to Marcy from the Pride Hi, of Staten Island. Um, I have my son Roman; he's creeping up on me right now. He's like, "What's <laughs> happening, mom?" Um, Kamara, oh, I love it! Yes, round of applause for the police officers from the 120, the community. Um, they're definitely there, and then Darcy Sparkles, amazing work, Sarah. Absolutely. Um, let me show. I want to share another photo that we have here um, because I think it's really important with the PPE. Um, you guys were sharing. Talk to folks about you know what this photo is. Just sure. so
1: an idea. So so we had to revamp a lot of our programming to be COVID-19 responders in a very short period of time, like many organizations here on Staten Island had to do. Um, And this photo is actually with one of our volunteers, Michelle, um, from Free Food for the Homeless. She partnered with us. Um, We also partnered with Charles Fall, um, our assemblyman, and Muslim Americans. Charles (laughs) and our uh, and Muslim American society. So, there we gave out masks, um, we gave out gloves, hand sanitizers, as in what you don't see kind of six feet away in that photo. Um, It was also food and resources. We also gave away um, different resources from the elected officials, one pagers with things, you know, that community members could really grasp onto to get some long term help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, the the interesting part is your so I live um, by Snug Harbor between Jersey Streets and I don't know what what is it Highview that area and so whenever I pass by and I was always wondering I was like what is going on out there like one day it was like basic flat dirt and then the next day it was like five hundred flowers <laughs> and I was like what's going on so I love what you're doing um, it beautifies the neighborhood and more importantly it's it's an opportunity for any anybody that needs some sort of, um, relief for mental, uh, any sort of mental illness, um, therapy, just in general, people need a lot, you know, need to have a peaceful heart and mind. So, um, I'm going to put you in the digital green room for a second, because I want to bring on our, uh, second guest and, uh, so, hold on two seconds Sarah. So for those of you that are following us. Uh, Thank you again. Make sure that you share out the community corner um, because the whole purpose is to share what's happening within our community, um, especially during times of a pandemic from COVID crisis to even what's going on recently these past 10 days. Um, Now, our next guest, you know, she's what I call a quiet, humble pie. Um, I've seen her around, uh, you know, there's a lot of different Workshops around Staten Island, especially on the nonprofit side, and I constantly see her, and we're we're passing each other up all the time. So let me give you guys a little bit of background about uh, Lorna Harris because she is, to me, beyond an expert. Um, she truly has paved the way, and she's a leader in her own right. Um, Lorna Harris is an expert, cultural curator, and innovator who knows what it takes to turn your goals into reality. She's an aspired communicator, fundraiser, and strategist, and she provides solutions that enhances performance on the operational side, government, uh, governance side, and fiscal success for individuals, nonprofits, and for-profit organizations. She is passionate, and we will uh, bring her on so she can talk further about this. She's passionate about serving our most marginalized communities through education, economic development, Health and well being by creating infrastructure and systems to house ideas in socially conscious facilities. Um, she's earned recognition in the 2016 Architectural Venice Biennial and 2018 Frame Award um, in the category of Architectural Social Projects. I mean, there's a, a long list, but I wanted to really point out that she's held leadership roles at the Ford Foundation. She's consulted with the Alliance of New York State Arts Organizations, the New York State Council of the Arts, the National Endowment of the Arts, the National Performance Network and others. I mean, she has a a long list. Um, There's just a a lot to to say and she, there's. I'm just gonna bring her on because she's just fabulous. I mean, there's just, there's a handful of people, you know, my, my, my mother always told me that you need to sometimes 80, 20, listen 80% of the time and respond 20. So I'm going to bring on Miss Lorna Harris. Uh, Lorna, are you there, my dear? I'm here. I'm (laughs) here and I'm glad to be here. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. I am so grateful for you to join us. Um, I, you know, I feel like it's, it's, um, almost like my dear friend, Dolores Morris, like five Emmys. Like, I feel like I'm talking to a superstar, so I'm a little starstruck. So for those of you, yeah, well, because you've done so much and um, like I said at the beginning, you're a very humble pie in everything that you do. You're kind of the person behind closed doors, shaking and moving and making things happen. Can you talk to the folks back home a little bit about kind of just your your journey and uh, what you've been working on and, and just some of your accolades and accomplishments.
2: Okay, so again, good morning, I'm Lorna Harris, a proud resident of St. George here in Staten Island. And I came to Staten Island because it was so beautiful and I'm from a very, very small town. But my personal mission in life, and I think I was taught as a child, was to always make a difference in the lives of everyone that I encountered. That was driven into my, my grandparents who migrated from Pontotoc County in Mississippi to Wisconsin. And when we talk about equal rights and equity and diversity, I come from a family, we had our own town. We had our own businesses, and then we were driven out by the sheriff of Pentecost County and migrated north. So with that type of history, I arrived in the northeast with a sense of accomplishment and pride and not really just knowing how to do things. And it was very surprising to me to live in a community like Staten Island that had so many rich resources, abundance of people. Like when I first moved here, I had no idea of all the movements that were started by famous people. And they all lived in Staten Island or they had some connection to Staten Island. I love the beach. So it was great being here but mostly I love working within the community.
0: So,
1: with,
2: with that being said, I many of you know me, many of you don't know me, but I have the privilege of uh, working with Adrian as well and with Dana, and I'm really glad and looking forward to working with Sarah to put together a charter school. And within that charter school, it's closed, but the kids that came through that charter school were valedictorians of their class. They went on to great high schools. They got great test scores. So I don't want to ramble. I just want to say how important it is to give a chance to everyone to believe in everyone. And I try to keep my ear to the ground of what's going on. And I'm finding it almost impossible as a single individual who believes in collaborations, because our community nonprofits never really have money. They're never given the credit of the work that they've really done. So that brought me to being involved with an organization called Universal Temple of the Arts. And that relationship happened. We all know about them. They are a legacy in this community. 53 years old. Led by a woman of color. Saja Musawir Ladner, who we all know, their mission is always something, it's quickening of the spirit and brotherly love. And as a strategist and a fundraiser, I was like, how can I take that to a foundation, quickening of the spirit and brotherly love and raise some money? And I really wanted to talk to them about a new vision statement, a new mission statement. However, with what we're going through right now, They are right on and so appropriate. And the love and the work that they've done quietly in the community for 53 years has made a difference for everyone in Staten Island. Their signature programming is the Jazz Festival, which is five years old. Yeah, let me show that. um, Just for the folks that are not familiar. Well, that's Love and Bloom. So let's talk about Love and Bloom. Love and Bloom is five years old, It Last year, because this traditionally at the Music Hall in Staten Island, Mm -hmm. and the Music Hall was being renovated. So they decided to go outdoors last year in the South Meadow. The weather wasn't the greatest because it was a Memorial Day weekend, but it gave the organization an opportunity to bring their audiences outside and understand what outdoor programming is. Now, backing up a little bit, my history, I used to help produce a Jackie Robinson picnic in Connecticut and, you know, working with Jazzmobile and doing a lot of outdoor events, but this event was so powerful. The other interesting thing about Universal Temple of the Arts is that they, too, are multi-generational. Their Mm -hmm. programming is always family-oriented, which through a grant through Staten Island arts and why I'm working with them on strategic planning. They were doing audience. There's a jazz festival. Yeah. Yeah. 32 years old. It went into the St. George theater for the first time last year. Now a couple of things are happening when you're mobilizing and you're transitioning from a community-based event into an event that's going into a union house, like the St. George, mm-hmm. you're increasing your audiences. Jazz is, to Universal Temple of the Arts, like water, is yeah. to spirit. They, in all of their programming, they make jazz a treasure of our community. And their work with artists, NEA Jazz Masters, oh, the yeah. great Randy Weston. This concert, thirty-two years old, they have produced and presented at least eighteen NEA Jazz Masters and brought yeah. them into the stages of Staten Island. So, what we're doing right now, um, we had to quickly pivot. So, they do after school programming at the Richmond Terrace houses, Sarah, and I've walked past your gardens all the time. Yeah. But they <laughs> offer, and they work with La Comena, they work with everyone offering after school programming and voice and music and jazz and tap dance and sewing and crocheting and art. But what we were really, really successful in doing with the school closing down and pivoting to remote learning was drumming, percussion workshops. And they're very, very successful. So these workshops were designed for after school programming Mm -hmm. at Richmond Terrace, but with technology, we are able, these programs, this bucket drumming classes is in New Orleans. It's in Oakland, California. It's everywhere that anyone can access this teaching. However, what is so great about it is that Universal Temple of the Arts is taking the lead as a cultural organization, nonprofit in Staten Island, New York, bringing together collaborations all over the country through this bucket drumming class. And that's pretty amazing.
0: Absolutely. I was going to say, can, can you talk a little bit about, so the class is taught by, and correct me if I'm wrong, Hunter, the Master Drummer. And you, when you're prepping for the show, you were giving us a little history. Um, can you talk to the folks back home that probably are not familiar with him or his family's work just so they can have yes. a clear understanding so of this? So
2: again, Universal Temple of the Arts always works with the best of the best,
1: yeah.
2: the cream of the crop. They develop talent and present talent and preserve talent and jazz. So what it through this audience development initiative, they also wanted to diversify their teaching artists. And Universal Temple of the Arts being 53 years old, they work with seasoned, mature artists that started out with them in the beginning and they're college professors, but they're aging as well. And they offer a lot. But Orion Ture came to us. He's one of my... Uh, I know his parents. And Orion is a percussionist, a drummer, and he okay. lives in Jersey City. He loves coming to kids at Richmond Chairs Housing. For two years, he's been teaching them music, drumming, African drumming, going back to hip-hop. He oh. combines the two. He is only in his 20s, so hip-hop is his language. However, the pedigree that he has, his father is Steve Teray, and everyone should, like, go on Spotify or whatever, iTunes, and look up Steve Teray, who is a master musician. And his mother is a cellist, Akua Dixon, and she came to, I think, a Sandy Ground event uh, a while back where she played for their June spring thing. But Orion was raised between Europe, uh, Berlin, Amsterdam, and the United States. He settled in Jersey City, and he's just an incredible, incredible young musician. He has his own band, but what he loves is teaching percussion to families. So through this remote learning, when we were in the center, Jackie, you can just go after school for three o'clock to three to four o'clock and you do your class. But now that we're on remote learning, there's usually one computer in the room or in the house. So the whole family sits around at three o'clock and does these drumming classes.
0: And this is every Wednesday, beginning. Every Wednesday at three o'clock
2: through June.
0: Okay.
2: And you, you can register and then yeah. we'll send you the entree to get into the class.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Um, you know, I appreciate you bringing these events to the forefront so we can talk about it. I'm actually going to bring in um, Sarah into our conversation. Sarah, are you <laughs> there? Hey, Sarah! I'm here. Hi. All right. So talk about the power of connection. So um, we were just talking about that I was connected with Sarah through Camilla Hanks several weeks back. And Sarah and Lorna says, I want to connect with Sarah. So it's like a a big (laughs) circle of connectivity. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, you know, ladies, both of what y'all are doing behind closed doors, in front of the camera, behind the camera, y'all are really helping and she... um, and change and pave the way in your communities. Um, Can we also talk about some of the things that we can look forward to when the pause is lifted, um, just so people can be mindful of different programs that are happening. So Sarah, let's start with you, hon.
1: Sure, so I'm really excited to bring back all of our programming, which included, but is not limited to the Tai Chi, the nutritional classes, the gardening classes, um, a lot of spiritual work that we do with different religious leaders, wow. of course, our yoga and my favorite program that we do, the therapeutic art classes.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Hey cutie. <laughs> <beauty. laughs> okay. Hi Maya. I was hoping that Roman was gonna come around so they could talk to each other. <laughs> my son <laughs> he came out here. He was like, What's going on? Because I know I usually do it inside the house. But hey Maya, how are you? And so <laughs> <laughs> and so, Lorna, talk to us about, you know, what we can look forward to, um, not just with Universal Temple of the Arts, but also some projects that you've been working on um, um, that we briefly mentioned in, a you know, our digital green room space. Right. So I mentioned
2: to you that I always want to make a difference in different communities. So for the past couple of years, besides working with Universal Temple of the Arts, I'm also consulting an organization, the Harlem Arts Foundation, and an artist named Edward Hillel on immigration and migration. And this started a couple of years ago, and it's called the G Project. And it's about the definition of your G status. Like, do you know where you came from? Where is your mother from? Where is her mother from and father? And how long have they been in the United States? So the G Project is a public art campaign. It's a series of workshops designed to identify your G Project. And I encourage everyone to go to www.gproject.org. There's workshops, there's instagram and facebook postings but so i'm looking forward to those workshops happening however they will be digital over the next year universal temple of the arts love and bloom is coming back digitally on june 27th we're also working on a program called multicultural messages through dance last year it was at canvas institute this year that too will be remote And it's about the different cultures and movement and how dance has impacted all of us, our culture. Last year, we worked with East Indian Dance and Capoeira. This year, we're probably showing past images and we'll have a discussion with some of the dancers, the diverse dancers that have been involved. And the other thing that Universal Temple of the Arts is doing is really my work with organizations is strategic so we're really looking at we're taking using this time as a pause to really strengthen the organization to diversify their funding streams to tell a more compelling story and to collaborate more with organizations like you sarah
0: guys really I'm looking really... forward to
1: it Laura. And, uh, connectivity
0: yeah. on the community corner <laughs> Yeah, right. this is interesting because um to a lot of the people that uh follow me on my private page know the, the personal story that um unfortunately when I had applied for my MWBE I was denied because my minority status, my birth certificate had said that I was white, and so back in the 80s it was only black or white that's it, and so now wow. it's diverse. And so I worked with um, city council member Debbie Rose for almost two years um, to really change the term minority that also includes Native Americans. So it's interesting once you learn about that history, there's also like this um, internal discovery that I'm like going through, exploration discovery. So I think it's really important that when we do talk about whether it's communities of color, just just diversity. Um, it also includes um, Pakistani, Sri Lankan, Native Americans, Mexican Americans. So I'm so grateful to have both of y'all, and to have you know even people like Isenia, the executive director from La Comena, tuning in to understand that like there's a lot of things, a lot of movement that's happening in the Staten Island community. So. Again, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. And for those of you that are tuning in, so we're going to post all of the links and the information on our recap video by the end of today. Um, for those of you that are tuning into Community Corner, please do not forget that this Friday um, we have a couple of special guests because June is Pride Month. And of course, we support all allies, all forms of uh, diversity, different groups. And we are huge fans of the Pride Center of Staten Island. And so, again, make sure you follow us on Community Corner every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. And be kind, be well, and be safe. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for
2: having me. Bye-bye.